Dear listeners, Sairam, we now bring you Vahini Satsang. Today's episode was first aired on the 10th August 2017 as part of Thursday Live programs on Asia Stream of Radio Sai. This program is hosted by Team Radio Sai's Bishu. Saram dear listeners and welcome once again to Vahini Satsang. I am Team Radio Sai's Bishu and as always along with me Sai Prakash the co-host of this program and Bhagwan has blessed a special guest for this edition of Vahini Satsang as we are discussing Prema Vahini. We have now in the studios with us Dr. Deepak Anand. Brother Deepak had the opportunity to do his masters in business administration in the Prashant Nilam campus of Sri Satyasai Institute of Higher Learning in the mid 90s and then on Bhagwan's explicit direction and guidance he pursued his PhD and he completed his doctoral program in international finance and received his doctorate from bhagwan's divine hands and after that again as per bhagwan's guidance he joined the department of management studies as a faculty member and it's almost been nearly 15 years since he has been teaching the students who are pursuing their masters in business administration in the prashant nilam campus and deepak has been someone who's had innumerable moments of divine proximity he has had the chance to travel with bhagwan to kodekanal on many occasions 98 99 and also was involved in various extracurricular activities dramatics and sports meet so he is someone thanks to various talents that bhagwan has gifted him with he had the opportunity to live with bhagwan witness bhagwan see bhagwan at very close quarters and recently he went on to this venture of putting all these beautiful experiences down and that is what came out in the form of a book love smile now that is the name of the book the tale of a sai student's transformation and this was released during guru purnima occasion this year 2017 a very beautiful book which has lot of his interactions with bhagwan i think all of us who have had the opportunity to live with bhagwan to interact with bhagwan have this beautiful duty to share whatever we have learned because it will help someone else in this beautiful journey of i to we to he 
and brother has taken that beautiful step so with grateful pranams to bhagwan we begin this edition of vaini satsang and a warm welcome to you brother deepak thank you very much vaini satsang thank you very much so before we go on to the discussion of uh, chapter 9 the last segment of chapter 9 deepak maybe you should share a little bit about the book how did the book come about and how does it feel now finally that you've emptied your heart out in the book <laughs> thank you so much bishu it's lovely to be here again after a long time um about the book yes it has been an endeavor for the last 2 uh, and a half to 3 years time where wherever i went and spoke many devotees would come and tell me deepak you have got many experiences and interactions with swami i think if you put in the form of a book it'll be useful to many more people and that you know chord struck a chord in me and then i started putting down in words some of my speeches in front of bhagwan and some of my memoirs with swami in kodaikanal and puttaparthi elsewhere um in fact uh, one day um, swami was praising some devotees in my presence a great deal mm-hmm. and i was feeling slightly you know a kind of an inferiority complex say swami mm-hmm. i thought probably you're calling me on daily basis mm-hmm. i thought i was also a great devotee but swami said no 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 your de- your your devotion is nothing in comparison to these devotees <coughs> and then i said swami swami uh, can you please kindly also give me that kind of devotion mm-hmm. I just held his hand and said Swami I I have no devotion certainly in comparison Swami but I would like to be a good devotee of yours hmm. maybe I have failed somewhere can you please give me devotion of that extent and then Swami looked at me and says that not that's not my responsibility sir mm-hmm. and he said see I create conducive circumstances for the seed of devotion to sprout in you hmm. it is the duty of one devotee to give devo- devotion to another Oh it is the wow. duty of one devotee to give devotion to another i only create conducive circumstances mm-hmm. so uh, when i heard that you know it struck in me somewhere that probably one day there should be a means of a book and you know of course radio sai and other opportunities of public speaking or satsang hall lectures is our various opportunities but i think book has got a very widespread reach in various languages yes, yes. so that really triggered in me as a matter of gratitude to bhagwan as you know uh, a feeling of uh, gratefulness to him i thought this book was coming for a long time mm-hmm. but uh, in the last two and a half years only i have made sincere efforts to bring it into a printed form wonderful <laughs> thank you so much for putting all that down and i'm sure it will help uh, a lot of us uh, who are very keen to know about uh, the different aspects of a student's life when you're living with bhagwan right. and and the kind of opportunities that you have when you actually um uh, dine with bhagwan work with bhagwan you see bhagwan as a director you see bhagwan as a host you see bhagwan as a director of not only of your life but also little little things right from how you should dress to how you should talk to how you should uh, uh, act wonderful so so let's move on to chapter 9 of prema vaini so i will play now the last segment of chapter 9 that is segment 9.6 so we will listen to that and then probably deepak you can share what comes to you as your reflections on this sure santaku dooramuga unnanta varaku ho ho anu pedda gola vinapadutunnanu santalo praveshinchagane aa shabdamu mayamai అచ్చట జరుగుతున్న వీరసారములే తెలియను అట్లే 
పరమాత్మ విషయమును తెలియనంత వరకే ఈ అహంకారపు గందరగోళములు ఒకే శబ్దముతో బాధించను పరమాత్మను సమీపించగానే అందుకు తగిన సాధనలు స్పష్టంగా గాంచుదురు అంతవరకు అహంకారములు ఆర్భాటములు ఆడంబరములు వాగ్వాదములు ఇట్టి శబ్దములతోనే బాధపడుచుందురు ఇఫ్ యు ఫా ఫ్రమ్ ద డైలీ మార్కెట్ యు హియర్ ఆఫ్ నాయిస్ బట్ వన్స్ యు ఎంటర్ ద మార్కెట్ the chaos disappears and now you can clearly discern the discussions going on there similarly when you are far from the knowledge of the divine this constant cacophony of ego will continue to bother you but once you get closer to the divine you can clearly find the means to reach him until this happens you will be troubled with the noisy racket of ego ostentation flamboyance and argumentation so that is sort of bhagwan's final thoughts on the chapter 9 where he's talking about ego and power and getting rid of ego finally so what comes to you deepak as you listen to this exactly uh, vishwathin this is a swami always says ego is edging god out of your life mm. especially for a devotee um prakash i think you'll agree with me that swami on many occasions swami will crush our ego yes. to give us the <laughs> to give us you know little higher experience and yes. by himself actually swami is the greatest example of humility i have experienced that on innumerable occasions that how humble swami becomes with a small child swami goes to the level of that small child and brings him up to the next level similarly mm-hmm. for all of us swami first of all gives us the example of his great humility uh, to me one small instance comes to my mind immediately which i have also mentioned in the book is about uh, the convocation drama in which i was acting as the secretary of a big organization and i was doing very noble and good work in the society so everybody would praise me but when i'll come back home my son would be a very wayward son he'll be indisciplined he'll be disobedient in, in fact insulting to me in the drama mm-hmm. so i was wondering why this role has been made like this because it's quite uh, contravening to my image and role outside in society <laughs> and, and why my my own son mm. you know is very wayward and he insults mm. me in the house mm. so this thought was in my mind but i the, you know the drama practices continued in swami's interview room as you know that the practices will happen in swami's interview room inside it'll be a top secret till the final <laughs> day of the drama <laughs> so this particular scene was that day enacted and after we had an, did the enactment we all sat down so swami was sitting close to swami's chair and swami really came to the edge of his chair mm-hmm. you know he bent forward in a near apologetic tone in great humility mm-hmm. swami asked me a question and i was so taken aback by it mm-hmm. and swami said very humbly he says deepak this uh, role of your son in the drama i think it is not suiting you know the drama very well if you allow we will give this boy another role my god <laughs> <laughs> i immediately held on his feet and said swami you are the director whatever you say we will do swami mm-hmm. said no 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 i should ask you first because even oh your role will be affected <laughs> if you say it is okay then we will bring about a change oh god he is the lord of the universe who is directing the universal drama with a wave of his hand is creating cosmoses and destroying cosmoses by the wave of his hand and here in a small drama and you know totally directed by him 
the the script given by him all the songs directed by him all the dances directed by him he is doing everything but he still has the humility to go to an actor and says you must give me your permission <laughs> i am not talking to you as my devotee i am talking to you as a main role in the drama in this drama there's an important role for you as a director it is my responsibility to take your permission before i make a change that wow. is the humility that god exhibits all the time which is opposite of ego hmm. how do you bring in god into your life you bring in god through your humility sami says unless to reach god it is very important to first have humility because unless you have humility you cannot learn hmm. only when you learn you get education and knowledge through that you get wisdom through that you get employment through that you get vocation through that you earn money that money you sacrifice and given donation and by that on serve the noble people by that money and by that means only you can get the moksham so the beginning the end point of moksham starts with humility without that it is impossible hmm. so how important uh, you know humility is and another example which swami i remember always would quote in his uh, uh, discourses sometimes give tell this chinna kathas yeah yeah one of chinna kathas you used to tell was if you remember swami will tell that there was a great master a very knowledgeable master he had a great disciple who was great in knowledge nobody could defeat him in argumentation he he was so well read and he would argue so well that he was a winner in every argumentation so that kingdom's king one day sends his minister to invite the master to the court so the minister comes and greets the uh, uh, master and he says sir i have heard that your disciple is extremely great and does he really know as much people say he does the question is very important mm-hmm. your no, your disciple is very great does he really know how much they say or the people say he does mm. the master smiles and says he spent so much of time in in knowing things and argumentation he has no time for real learning mm-hmm. he is totally ignorant <laughs> so this is what happens actually when we have ego we think that we are knowledgeable yeah. you know we read something and we think we have understood it actually we have not understanding and knowledge is in the realms of experience yes it is like food on our head swami says which needs to be eaten and digested yes otherwise the food becomes putrid yes and we lose strength to walk further on the mm. spiritual path mm. so that if we have ego then it is like you know carrying a lot of knowledge on our heads mm. without ever having eaten or digested it tasted mm. it mm. and then we think that we have got great knowledge with us mm. it has not been assimilated that is mm. why swami says for a devotee the first qualification is let go of ego Hmm. then only you can really start walking towards hmm. the spiritual path having ego means walking in the path that opposite to the direction of god you are walking in the opposite direction unless you stop walking in the opposite direction how can you walk on the rightward direction it is impossible you can't walk on two sides at the same time yes wonderful in fact <laughs> just reminds me of this beautiful quote i mentioned it before also most of us we have uh, ego of our knowledge but we don't have knowledge of our ego <laughs> yes <laughs> very well said <laughs> i think uh, that's what the master does <laughs> and the sooner you have uh, the knowledge of your ego then only you will begin to do something about it absolutely and i think uh, that's what swami also mentions in the previous uh, uh, segment here swami says you know 
one needs to first shed the feeling that i know first you have to shed that feeling that i know mm. only then can you really learn uh, something exactly something if we are more. if you are sleeping with open eyes yes. it is impossible <laughs> to make us awake <laughs> yes here um, in this paragraph somi is giving this beautiful analogy of somebody going to the marketplace mm. and uh, several things come to mind one is he says you know you hear the uproar the, the noise in the market yes. from far mm. and once you are in the market then you are a part of it and similarly only when the experience of mm. divinity experience of god is far away from you mm. <laughs> you make a lot of noise yeah <laughs> <laughs> that is a really louder noise than the filled ones <laughs> make yeah. a lot of noise and that, you is, know, that is so true i mean as, as we reflect on it what saiprakash is saying you know you you have a lot of so called intellectuals who argue so much about so many things yes mm. yes but i think that's because as very beautifully you know you're also elaborating because you're so far hmm. from the reality that's why you make so much noise mm. and um, you know there is a very beautiful story which comes to mind how when you come face to face with uh, an experience of divinity uh, automatically you become calm hmm. automatically you go inward yes and um, i believe uh, swami had narrated this in one of his discourses it's a story from it's a small anecdote from ramayana mm-hmm. so basically what happens is um, uh, rama lakshmana and mother sita all three of them go to a hermitage in the forest mm. and um, uh, that time also discipline was very strict mm-hmm. so all boys one side all girls <laughs> one side <laughs> so <laughs> the the ashram had some attached uh wall in mm. between mm. you know like a separation like mm. a partition and all uh, rama and lakshmana were seated on the other side while mother sita was with all the ladies of the ashram they were on that side other side of the partition now couple of youngsters from different places they also gathered so the the um, i mean the ladies in the ashram were very curious to know who is rama mm-hmm. and how rama looks and then they have heard obviously so much about him so they start describing one one person who is sitting there to mother sita mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so there is one one brave uh, lady from that group who kind of peeps out of the partition mm-hmm. and she says this person looks like this like this like this so then they look at mother sita and she doesn't say anything she just nods her head no Mm-hmm. she nods her head sideways which mm-hmm. indicates no he is not rama so then they go to the next person so as they are describing person by person she keeps nodding her say head saying no 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 mm-hmm. finally as they are describing a person she just pauses for a while and then says no mm-hmm. so then finally when they describe one person she becomes silent there is no nod of head <laughs> and that is lord rama mm. so the one before that was lakshmana yes mm. and uh, swami says the moment you have that experience of divinity mm. you go within yourself you become silent there's no mm. need to talk mm. your experience will show in your face in your, your experience face. will show in your life in yes. what you do in what you live yes and that is what swami says should be the right focus Mm. and uh, in this context he all there may be a lot of paraphernalia uh, around god also mm. but we have to go to the 
to the to the right direction to the to the inward direction where really god is right so at that moment of time in good sanctum sanctorum we become absolutely silent there we don't open our eyes we don't, we don't check our mobile phones we don't talk to anybody we are totally silent because swami says sai see always inside silence is sai lens mm. because only in the depths of silence can the voice of god be heard and that is why even when we we talk about life and visiting prashantinilayam or going to a temple what do we really do in this context uh, prakash you said you know we made the preface for this so beautiful and i remember this instance where uh, we had just come back from the holidays time and swami called us for an interview for the convocation drama you know some mm. pre rehearsals and then he asked all of us where did you go for holidays so many of us were just quiet because i had been with swami and uh, i did not really have to tell him swami you know i was swami already knows it mm. but one boy who was from hyderabad he said swami i had gone to tirupati mm-hmm. and swami asked him aim aim choose now mm. <laughs> so what did you see there mm. and he started describing swami the you know the beauty of the place and the gardens were so nice and the you know the shikara dwajam and the you know the garlands with which they beautify the idol mm. and the laddu prasadam it was so tasty <laughs> and the food that was given was so nice and people were so well decorated and there was a whole the sanctity was there lights and decorations were amazing he described for nearly 5 minutes time wow <laughs> swami listened to him very intently and carefully mm. so after he had finished then swami nodded his head as if asking okay have you finished your description mm. is he folded his hand and said swami i finished my description then swami said you saw everything but you missed god <laughs> oh my god <laughs> you saw everything mm-hmm. but you missed god because your focus was on all this paraphernalia mm-hmm. it was never on that god which is established in that particular idol mm-hmm. but had you and swami said if you only had seen god and missed everything else your going there would have been worthwhile Mm. <laughs> that's so true <laughs> that is so mm. true mm. see that is what the ego does actually all the time it distracts us from the reality and enmeshes us all the time in what is the paraphernalia what is not the reality what is you know when we take a stone idol and we decorate it very beautifully what are we telling basically that though outwardly in life you may be well decorated you may have high position of a ceo or you may be rich and having a car or whatever the case may be whatever circumstances present to you accept them but inwardly remain totally focused on yourself remain totally focused on the self be totally peaceful within be totally non egoistic within mm-hmm. so that the two ends of this cycle the two wings of this cycle the external swami says shreyas and the prayas both have to be balanced there is no contradiction amongst them we can have a worldly life we can have positions we can have money and possessions that is all right but inwardly we should always be connected to god then the ego will not trouble us mm. swami would always say as jeevan ramon sir used to always say when he used to come for our awareness classes mm. मन में राम और हाथ में काम वंडरफुल the most eloquent silence silence beautiful just like you know if mm. if you see uh, ramana maharshi i mean people used to go to ramana maharshi's ashram mm. and they would just do nothing they would just sit there 
in his presence in his presence that's it and and uh, uh, all the answers would just come i remember uh, in 2005 2006 that was the time when bhagwan started spending more time outside mm-hmm. you know swami stopped sort of giving interviews Yes. it was not the usual routine where swami came early and took a group for interview and then came out for bhajans later on it it became a session where the darshan session and the bhajan session almost became same so yes. bhagwan came and he would sit out only and you know and then the devotees could uh, like earlier actually pe- people could only peep swami for a few minutes during darshan now they could see him for like long hours mm. and uh, some would just sit outside and many times vedam would go on and nothing would happen i mean there no interviews happening i remember i i was <laughs> so uh, ignorant uh, at that point in time and i started thinking what will happen to swami's mission swami is not giving interviews <laughs> i was thinking what will happen see if swami does not give interviews hmm. who will come yeah will these ministers come will you know will that rich person who gave money for that project for that hmm. water project for that hospital who will come hmm. if swami does not give interviews <laughs> and i used to feel very very jittery actually so i don't do this you know all these varanda people why will they come if you don't give interviews <laughs> and all these groups that you know you have all this iran group uh, russia group if you don't give interviews why will they come you know i used to think like that and I remember asking one day my brother actually i'm i'm, I'm really getting very you know uh, very perturbed why is swami doing this why is he not giving what will happen to his mission <laughs> <laughs> my brother said he doesn't have to do anything he just has to be there that's enough mm. what what foolish thoughts <laughs> he yeah. doesn't do. and then i remember later on when i was doing some articles for you know heart to heart mm. i remember uh, uh, coming in contact with this lady i think she was from greece and she had such powerful experiences mm-hmm. sitting somewhere in the 200th or 250th row in in the darshan hall and i i remember we carried that story also in heart to heart such mega inner transformation just sitting there swami is not speaking a word he's mm-hmm. just sitting there and something broke loose within her that dam broke she is so cleansed of years and decades of uh, of the past and mm. everything she was so unburdened mm. she was become so light she went back again to uh, to a hill station just to collect herself and came back again and that's the time actually i did the article and that's that's the kind of what was kind of a very very revealing experience to me about you know how the masters uh, operate and operate yes. and how yes. you know they show their omnipresence yes. and omniscience yeah and and once so she was feeling that precious closeness within 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 ah. because that closeness she felt so everything went away you know all mm. that see generally whatever past we have because we hold on to something right everything is related to ego mm. ultimately you know we, we hold on to our uh, relationships which are again based on the body body based on ego ultimately mm. so ultimately you that refi- that cleansing process happened and so the master communicates so much through silence and once you experience that precious closeness with the master you also become silent absolutely and and then and then i think the beautiful life opens up <laughs> the beautiful <laughs> divine life opens up absolutely very well said very well said in True. fact um, you know um, on a slightly different note 
connecting with what Swami said in the previous paragraph about, um, you know, um, scholarship yes. in the Vedas, the Shastras, and he gives that uh, top class analogy. <laughs> <laughs> he says, you have the Panchangam which actually predicts the rain, but you take the Panchangam, that's a piece of paper and crush it intensely, you won't get one drop of rain. <laughs> so he says, the Shastras and the Vedas yes. are just pointers towards yes. an experience and that experience you will have to get it on your own. Yes. A very beautiful episode comes to mind. It is the experience of one of our uh, professors from the institute. At one point in time, I'm not sure in which location must have been Hyderabad or Venkatagiri, I'm not sure. Maybe Hyderabad, I'm not sure. Uh, he was fortunate to be in Swami's room. He and the great Vedic scholar uh, Kama Udhanigaru. Yes. So, they both were there in Swami's uh, room and then... Uh, um, Swami had just gone in to have a bath hmm. and uh, Kama Udhani Garu as was his uh, regular practice as Bhagwan was having his bath inside he was sitting outside and chanting Rudram, Rudram. Hmm. he hmm. was chanting Rudram in a um, um, you know ecstatically he was chanting Rudram it is because Lord it's like Abhishekam to Lord yeah. Shiva Shiva is, Lord Shiva is having, Abhishekam. Yes. <laughs> having an Abhishekam so he was chanting yes. uh, Rudram and um, as Swami completed his bath and Swami came out, uh, Swami saw um, Swami saw this uh, Kamaudani Garu, and Swami said, uh, um, Swami looked at the other professor, and uh, this professor was thinking, Oh my God, I don't know so much of Vedas. Hmm. I don't know all this hmm. uh, mantras hmm. and chanting. So does that mean that I can never get close to God? Mm-hmm. Does that mean that I will never get... Um, so, as he was thinking that, uh, Swami looked at Kamaudani Garu and Swami said, um, What is... Is there... You are chanting this Vedas, all this mantras. Is there anything that is greater than all this? Mm-hmm. Swami asked. Swami asked. <laughs> then he said, Swami, of course, nothing is greater than your name. Oh, wow. Oh. He mm. said, Swami, your name... <laughs> <laughs> Swami's name is there that is the ultimate Mm. there there can be nothing greater than your name Mm. then Swami just looked at the professor and gave a smile (laughs) (laughs) how difficult it is to chant Swami's (laughs) name (laughs) and uh, you know it is so beautiful that in the simplest of things that is God's name Ram, Sai, Shiva, Krishna just Mm. Hardly two alphabets, three alphabets. <laughs> but mm. the amount of power that is contained in yes. that Immeasurable. is mm. amazing. Amazing. Yes. And uh, see, you see the, uh, you know, even Lord Hanuman, for example. Exactly. With that simple name of Lord Rama, yes. what did he achieve? <laughs> he, he was, so, you know, it is before he started chanting I'm just giving it like an analogy like yes. Swami is giving this market mm. analogy mm. you can be talking about your achievements worldly yes. achievements you can do this you can do that you can do this mm. you may be very brilliant you may be very uh, you know successful but when you come in the spiritual path when you start with the name of the Lord then develop that intense love for him then he makes you do everything 
correct beautifully said beautifully <laughs> said you do everything hmm. and you don't feel that you know uh, even your activity your uh, it it doesn't reflect ego yes. it just hmm. reflects his glory yes. basically beautiful. that's how it gets yes. transformed. transformed so it doesn't mean that you know once you become a devotee of the lord you are going to sit silent all through your life and in a docile in a in a very um, swami will say that is tamas <laughs> <laughs> you are actually more excited <laughs> lazy 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 <laughs> swami used to say yeah. so that is yeah. not the attitude hmm. yes. but you are alive every moment yes. right. you are alive and you are hmm. so full of life yes. that's hmm. because Mm. he is working so you are love smile now <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah deepak put in fact saiprakash uh, as you are mentioning about kamavadini garu mm. i mean um, only a person you know of that stature right. could answer that question so easily mm-hmm. without uh, a second thought Absolutely. and in fact if you see kamavadini garu's life also mm. there are such beautiful instances mm. of how he experienced that precious closeness and mm. that resulted in his ego melting away i remember there's a very beautiful incident oh, okay. where uh, swami had taken him along uh, when swami went to mm. the store of east and west godavari districts way back in the 60s in the late 60s mm-hmm. and uh, mr ramon rao sir was there with bhagwan mr ramaro was there with bhagwan i think at that point in time mr ramaro was if i'm not wrong the state president of uh, Uh, Andhra Pradesh, Pradesh. Satya Sai organization. Okay. Mm. So Swami, as uh, they were traveling, uh, there comes a canal, and Swami, uh, for some strange reason, stops there, mm-hmm. and then uh, Swami tells uh, Kamavdani Garu, "Chudu uh, Kamavdani, just nearby, a few um, meters from there, mm. is uh, Kamavdani's house actually." Okay. So Swami says, uh, "Kamavdani." Uh, we have stopped here kadali his hmm. native place is kadali kadali is very close by hmm. so why don't you go to your house and why don't you go to your village and you know go to your house and see your people hmm. and uh, along with swami also was mr ramalinga raju who was then the minister for religious endowments government of andhra pradesh mm-hmm. okay. so he was pestering swami to come to his village it was mm-hmm. sakinetipalli mm-hmm. and that was about 1 and 1/2 kilometers away and uh, so swami said see this minister is calling me mm. i will go there meanwhile you go to your village and uh, see your people mm. and uh, come visit your house visit your house and come come back <laughs> and and uh, swami left and so mr ramon rao was left with kamavdani garu in the car and uh, so people nearby saw this and some of them heard this also so immediately they informed the relatives of kamadani garu so kamadani garu's sons and all came from kadali and they started asking him to come to house you know mm, so they thought they will invite him after so long, so long he has come, come yeah mm. kamadani garu because he is sort of a sanyas and mm. living with swami so but even the entire family came and kamadani garu was absolutely unperturbed he was forget having discussion with them or asking about talking to them recognizing them he was not even looking at them <laughs> and all these people are like what is this slowly is the village gathered there yes. because they all had great respect for him hmm. and uh, this whole thing of persuading him to come to the village started and kamadani was absolutely he was like still unmoved. as a stone <laughs> unmoved <laughs> right. he hmm. he didn't even look at that side right hmm. and uh, 
then Ramandasaurus got got very perturbed and mm. he was like, what is this? I mean, Swami is anyway gone. Mm. He is going to take some time. And also he anyway told you, <laughs> told you go to your house and uh. see your people and go then to your village. What, mm. is the, what is the problem? Mm. So, he says, what is this Kamadani Garu? Your people have come. And uh, Kamadani Garu says, do you know what Swami said? He said, Kamaudani, go to your village and see your people and visit your house. <laughs> where is my house? Where is my village? Where is my my people? Sai Ram, what a beautiful thing. Yes. Mm. I am completely at his mercy. Mm. I am at his refuge. Mm. I am there. He is the Dina Bandhu. I have completely surrendered to him. How can he tell me that go to your house go and your, your house, village yes. and your... Is there anything called mine? Mm. Why does Swami think that I have something called mine? That they have Manam is not there with him. There is no my. So, Ramanda was stunned to hear that. <laughs> and the people kept on persuading and he, he, was, he was just the, still the same. Mm. Swami returned after an, about probably about uh, half an hour, 45 minutes. And he saw all these people gathered there. And the moment Swami saw Kamadani Gauru's relative, Swami said, Oh, you all have come. Why didn't you take him to your home? And uh, Swami, that's exactly what we've been trying to do. <laughs> How much we have been persuading him. He's, he's, he's absolutely, uh, completely passive to whatever we do, Swami. You have to, Swami, don't worry. I will bring him. Hmm. And Swami tells Kamadani and Kamadani comes. Hmm. <laughs> then now Swami brings Kamadani in his own car. Hmm. Swami asks him to sit in his own car. Hmm. And then it is 9 o'clock in the night. And Swami takes Kamadani. So it is almost like a procession now. Hmm. Swami's car and the other car and, and the people now bring Petromax light and all that. So it becomes a mini procession to that village. And hmm. Swami goes to the house. And there... Uh, it's a very, very basic house. It's a very, very simple house, thatched roof and you know, tiled roof and all that. Swami sits in a simple steel chair and uh, and the people there, immediately they bring another, you know, a steel table and uh, and then uh, Swami says, okay, okay, bring one more chair also. And so Swami sits uh, next to that table mm-hmm. and Swami asks for another chair. Swami asks Kamadani Gauru also to oh. sit <laughs> next to him. Mm-hmm. And Beautiful. then Swami... Looking at all the people there, the people are doing jay cars and people are so high. Those thrilled, mm. they never thought Swami will come to their village. <laughs> the bonanza. <laughs> Middle of the night. Mm. And uh, so happy, you know, they have all these lights and everything. And Swami now starts giving a discourse. Swami wow. speaks for an hour. Mm-hmm. There's no mics, nothing. But Swami is so happy, he speaks for an hour, he sings many bhajans. Everyone is thrilled and in the course of the discourse there, Swami then waves his hand and produces a beautiful gold chain with the studded with diamonds. He hmm. puts it on Kamadani Garu and then Swami continues to praise him and praise his dedication and praise his surrender. Hmm. And uh, and then they have a very beautiful, like Ramadhan says, I don't know from where did they get the food suddenly. There is such delicious food. <laughs> we had very nice dinner. But you know, when Ramadhan sir ends that story, he says, this much I can tell you. Swami went to that village and thrilled everyone so much. He stepped out of his car hmm. only because Kamavadani Garu did not step out of the car. Beautiful. He How says, said. That is the reason why it happened. And there he hmm. says, Mr. Ramarao who went with Bhagwan to the minister's house, he says Swami was like, 
no 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 we have to go we have to go he said that minister had made such elaborate arrangements mm. for bhagwan's discourse or for, for bhagwan's mm. dinner and everything you mm. it was so gorgeous arrangements there swami was like in a hurry no 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 i have to go i have to go i have no time i have no time i have no time and he yes. comes and he gives one hour discourse lovely <laughs> see that is what no swami says my bangaru or you know yes. the diamond that he gave i mean you, stand you, you mentioned about kama the so that is what swami always yes. tells even his students you know yes. to show that you know uh, you have to give up this uh, bodily attachment your association with i and mine yes. and only you really become swami's bangaru or the gold golden child and you have that kind of a diamond a very small instance uh, which comes to my mind here is you know when we used to have this sports meet uh, mm. uh, sports and cultural meet starting all the captains of various events would go to swami for blessings with cards mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the boys in you know, the volleyball uh, team captain will go with the volleyball and ask swami to sign mm-hmm. basketball and then cricket uh, bats and balls will be signed by swami so because i was table tennis team captain i had taken a card with swami's one photograph Where the Swami is himself playing table tennis. Yeah, we have that. Mm-hmm. He has it for many degrees. Beautiful one. Mm. And then all the captains were all we sitting in second. What we used to call second portico, very mm. close to where where Swami Samadhi is now. And Swami, uh, because he had put me in front, because he said, "Deepak, you ask Swami for Padmaskar." I said, "Okay, I don't mind sitting in front and asking for all of us Padmaskar." So as Swami came, uh, looked at you know all of us, and all of us, all the captains were a little excited about getting the Padmaskar already. Mm. Mm-hmm. even the swami had just arrived and swami looked at me and said what is this crowd uh, which has collected here <laughs> very embarrassing question <laughs> to ask and then swami i said swami we are all captains we are swami we are starting the sports uh, meet and all the matches will start swami we need your blessings so um, even though i was conversing the boys started telling swami swami pad namaskar swami pad namaskar I was wondering why they are in so much of a hurry because Swami is <laughs> anyway here. He is talking mm. to us so beautifully. We can take some time. But the moment Swami heard, the, you know, the the cries for Padmanaskar, Swami said, "Come and take." Mm-hmm. And there seemed to be a little bit of rush behind me, and boys are a little eager to take the mm. Padmanaskar. They don't want to get missed out in the process. Mm. So I'm feeling a little pushed from the back, and mm. Swami is standing in the front. So my oh. only feeling is. Hmm. let me just you know touch and kiss swami's feet and then just move out of the way for others to come because it seemed to be so much in a hurry and so hmm. eager to get the namaskar so as a formality you know just to get out of the way i touched swami's feet and then i came to the side of bhagwan when i looked up to him swami was looking uh, in a very dissatisfied way at me mm-hmm. so i was wondering where i have, I have really made a mistake or i have heard and swami looked towards me and you know with a strict tone he said only only one sentence he said which really made me to think so much after that and swami said no feeling no use oh mm. that made me to really sweat at that moment of time and i really felt a punch in my heart and i said what a fool i have been here is the lord of the universe given me the permission to take and touch his and kiss his feet and what have i done without putting any feeling as a formality i have taken it so casually and i have just touched his feet as if it is you know something to to be got done with and here is swami is telling me whatever be the circumstance i gave you an opportunity to come and sit close to me to touch me to listen to my sambhashanam sparshanam and darshanam you have wasted the opportunity because your mind is not focused upon god your mind is again as i gave you the example mm. earlier that mm. boy went to tirupati mm. he saw everything else 
I saw the circumstances, mm. devotees, people pushing, asking for Padmanabha's car, getting out. I missed God in the process. So whatever we may have the extent of knowledge, whatever we have then the you know the the scriptural knowledge or the knowledge of the entire religions doesn't matter. For God, really, what matters is are we completely focused on Him or not in life? Do you we mm. see Him in everything and everyone? Mm. So that is, I think, if we keep that kind of a focus, then certainly our entire life is sanctified. Mm. And in this context, one small instance which I which comes to my mind is about one of the uh, permanent residents of Puttaparthi, mm-hmm. who was very regular and disciplined in his sadhanas, morning suprabhatam till night prayer. Everything he will do properly as a as a Brahmin person mm-hmm. would do. So uh, he really did not have chance to have interview of Bhagwan for a long time. His son was studying in our. Uh, he was son was a teacher in the in, in our institute. So Swami wanted uh, this teacher to be married, and then he had called the entire family along with him, and then told his parents and this particular devotee, "Your son is of marriageable age. You must arrange for a girl, and I will bless the couple." Everything Swami told. Then he asked this father, this devotee, um, "What sadhana do you do?" Mm-hmm. The moment he had the opportunity, he was waiting to tell Swami what all he does. <laughs> <laughs> so he blurted out the entire schedule mm-hmm. from morning 4 a.m. to night 10 p.m. What sadhana including Sandhya Madhanam, three time, Brahmarpanam, night prayer, Hanuman Chalisa, this thing, that thing, everything he told. <laughs> and you know, with the you know, clockwork precision, he told Swami. Then uh, Swami listened to his entire you know schedule, <laughs> and then mm-hmm. Swami asked him only one question: How long will you stay in the KG class? Of spirituality. This is an old man, devotee who has been doing his regular sadhana, what he thinks will take him to God. And he really feels, you know, actually he may have already attained moksham now and he is a very spiritual person. <laughs> and here is Swami breaking his ego and asking him a very simple question. How long will you stay in this KG class of spirituality? <clears throat> so he held on to Swami's feet and said, Swami, after doing all this, I am in KG class? <laughs> I mean, I have not even come to the first standard of spirituality. Swami said, yes, you have not yet come, but do you want the BA, BA degree? You know, you get me, if you get a double BA degree, BA, Mm. BA means you get Baba. Mm. He said, Swami, please guide me, my life is really gone, and I am still in the KG class, please help me now. (laughs) And Swami said, oh, you want to get the BA, BA degree? It's very simple. After you go out of the interview room, every person you see, you see as embodiment of Baba. Mm. If you see a bird flying, Think this is Baba's energy working. If you see an animal, think this is Baba's energy working. When you see the clouds, sun and the moon, when you see the flowers blossoming, you think that this is Baba. His energy, his another form manifesting in a different way. The moment you start seeing me in everything, every part of creation, I will myself come and grant you that BA, BA degree and you will come back to me. Wow. (laughs) In fact, Deepak, uh, as you mentioned this, just comes to mind something very interesting that uh, I was a witness to. A few days ago, I had gone to the Brindavan Ashram hmm. and I was staying in Gokulam. And uh, so that morning, I finished the breakfast and uh, next to the canteen there, uh, there was a table and uh, I just sat there just for a few minutes because I had some time. And uh, next to me, came and sat uh, a worker uh, mm. from what he was carrying and from his dress I, I right. could make out that he was a painter he was right. painting the buildings there mm. and uh, I just uh, 
casually mm. in a courtesies how are you and all that and mm. and this person i don't know why suddenly he started opening up and he started sharing such amazing things mm. i never ever thought i will hear from a painter <laughs> in bringa of all the people <laughs> of all the people because he, he, he was saying see i see god in everything see when i paint can you see that bird see that bird can mm. you see can can you see god flying in that bird wow mm. he said see as, as i'm going up and and climbing on, in this ladder can you feel god Hmm. See, Swami has hmm. given me this chance hmm. to paint his house. Wow! Can you can you see God in this paint? Hmm. Wow! He was hmm. like, like, really? Am I <laughs> am I talking to a painter? <laughs> I, I I remember I immediately took his picture. It it was so stunning for me, and hmm. I asked him, how did you know? I mean, I thought you know <laughs> uh, these kind of experiences which comes to you after so many years of rigorous Rigor. tapas and uh, you know hmm. I remember this because Swami, as you said, Swami said you just try to see God in see everything. God in everyone. You may be a very simple, and we exactly. know of so many saints who were just some saint Gora Kumbha who was just a potter. Just a potter, yeah. <laughs> no, but they had that. Smith, somebody was uh, a barber. Yeah, but they just had only this perspective, and that perspective was so clear. And this person, I asked him, you know, how did when did you see Swami? He said, no, I am everything because. of Swami only oh, wow. how it happened hmm. so no when i was very small no swami used to give darshan here brindavan he has not hmm. come to parthi i think hmm. brindavan he is brought up there in that chikbalapur and in the kadugudi area kadugudi area swami's ashram is there so one day since he said swami came out of darshan i was standing somewhere in the crowd swami had come somewhere and before he was getting into the car swami just waved, waved his hand in the air as he does and you know i was standing far and then swami wrote something in the air and you know when swami wrote no from that moment onwards i learned how to paint my I, when he wrote mm, can you imagine so mm. i got that as swami wrote he was actually uh, gifting me the art of painting painting my goodness see swami only he gave mm. me that and mm. that's how i'm doing everything just imagine Yeah, and <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> After that, you know, he spoke. I, he left me completely dazed <laughs> for ten, fifteen minutes, and then he went back and he started painting. For him, it was a great opportunity that he mm. was painting this Gokulam, uh, the residential Residential complex. Residential complex. He was giving back to God what God had given to him. Uh-huh. And, and even after that, for beautiful smile, and even after that, when I, I, I used to go and I used to look at him, and I used to always see like so happy mm. doing what he was mm. doing. and i still cannot forget that line he said can you see that bird hmm. see every time i see that bird i can see god flying hmm. <laughs> is it not beautiful that you know how you live spirituality in daily life yes, yes. in fact a long time before even i became a student of bhagwan one day i was uh, it was deepavali day and hmm. deepavali is a very big festival in north india, north india yeah. and that day morning i when i got up i got up with the remembrance of a particular dream and you know it relates to exactly which what you were telling about you know how to live spirituality in daily life and his dream that i am having there's a bhajans going on lady side and gent side and there are two big chairs kept on the front like there are you know the right royal thrones mm-hmm. and i'm seeing that lord shiva he is just going around the devotees and nobody is bothering about him mm-hmm. you know he only i can see him as if mm-hmm. so he's going around and i'm seeing are why nobody is looking at lord shiva he's just going around looking at us all the time and suddenly i saw that um, there's a uh, no lady devotee elderly devotee lady uh, who's sitting and leading the bhajans on the lady side suddenly 
she transforms into like uh, uh, lord is durga her hair opens up mm-hmm. he has a big vermilion dot on her forehead and uh, lord shiva and she they go both and sit on the uh, throne in front mm-hmm. i am very surprised by this and then i suddenly see that uh, i hear swami's voice mm-hmm. and swami tells me do the sadhana that this devotee is doing that is you know one of the uh, days on the deepavali morning in delhi before i even became a student mm-hmm. so i got up with a start and i said let me now find out what uh, sadhana this lady is doing auntie is doing mm-hmm. i'll i also follow the same sadhana because swami has given me directions mm-hmm. so i take up my scooter early morning i around 4 4:30 i i knock uh, on her door and i and she opens the door 4:30 in the morning 4:30 in the morning deepavali <laughs> day she's just got up and lighting up the lamps <laughs> in front of the house so i mm-hmm. go and then i follow her feet and says auntie uh, swami has told me do the sadhana that you are doing please tell me what sadhana you are doing She says, uh, "Deepak, I don't do any sadhana as such." I said, "Auntie, early morning Deepavali day, please don't lie." Just now, Swami has told you do some sadhana which I should also follow. Mm-hmm. Please tell me, Auntie, immediately. And she said, "Okay, okay, beta, come inside. Let me give you a glass of water." And she said, "Deepak, I really don't do any sadhana, but my whatever I do, I do as an offering to God. When I make food, I have the firm conviction I'm making it for Swami." When I cleanse the house, I feel really that I am mopping the house of Bhagwan only. It's Swami's residence. When I take care of my children, I take care of them as if they are Swami's children. When I take care of my husband, I take care as if he is Swami himself. And whenever I have extra time, I take care of these uh, potters, colonies there. These children don't go to school. I educate them and put them in school in the relevant classes. And these old couples where the children have gone abroad. you know many you have mm-hmm. in delhi you have thousands of such couples where children yes. have gone abroad old couples are struggling alone in their house they may mm-hmm. have money but they have mm-hmm. no company mm-hmm. they have no one to take care she says i take them for doctors appointments take care of them mm-hmm. this is all that i do deepak i don't do much more than this and i said auntie i must touch your feet again because you have given me the essence of how to live spirituality mm-hmm. if you do everything as an offering to god with a complete mm-hmm. conviction you're doing it for god himself mm-hmm. where is the need to do any other sadhana you are in tune with god all the time and you beautiful uh, experience wow. that i had and really changed my way of thinking about spirituality mm. wow <laughs> amazing in fact uh, just one other thought that comes to me uh, you know when bhagwan here says that once you go closer to the divine you become silent and you know the last line of this hmm. swami says until this happens you will be Troubled with the noisy racket of ego, ostentation, flamboyance, and argumentation, hmm. and hmm. I felt what happens once you go closer to the divine, once you have that experience, is this amazing broadening of your perspective. I think that that's what happens, right. isn't it? Hmm. Our our whole horizon uh, explodes <laughs> from that hmm. narrow sort of thinking, narrow perspective of life. Because recently I saw this very beautiful TED talk uh, by. uh one miss anita murjani i don't know if you have yes, uh, yes. heard that I've heard or seen that also yes. there's something very phenomenal hmm. uh, she has this experience out of, of the body yes uh, she she, she has this terminal illness hmm. and hmm. Uh, then she uh, uh, she's in the icu and she actually leaves the body and then she has the experience of going out of this body and uh, and then the whole world opens up for her hmm. and and then she's seeing how uh she's actually uh hearing everything that is everybody else is thinking that she's in coma 
but she is actually hearing every conversation hmm. and she is actually aware of everything that is put into her body everything she is in, in complete know of hmm. and then uh, and she meets uh, the uh, you know the diseased people her father her brother hmm. who had left her hmm. and all that hmm. and then uh, um, she is being asked to come back to the body actually hmm. even though she has no inclination because now she experiences completely such freedom. beautiful hmm. freedom hmm. that she doesn't want to come back hmm. and but she comes back and after that she gives this talk and i will just end uh, with this one thought that you know that stayed in me about her experience she says see i don't know how to explain to you but if i have to think of an analogy i can only think of a warehouse where you have a torchlight and so when you are in a dark warehouse with a torchlight so you see the things whatever is focused yes the flashlight from the torchlight hmm. so wherever the light falls only that, that much, much of you it can see of hmm. it you can see and that is all you know hmm. and and she says imagine once the light is on okay then you have that whole warehouse is like unending warehouse <laughs> and you have put on one torch light <laughs> and you had seen that little <laughs> and that is what you thought is everything <laughs> and your whole world you think that is what is it <laughs> it is that kind of a perspective because once you have that kind of a perspective <laughs> then you know all these things don't everything becomes so petty <laughs> that insignificant in comparison so insignificant that <laughs> you know your your perspective broadens so much and then you also know that you know what you fear the most in life death or you just know that that this is a step to greater <laughs> glory greater freedom yeah i think i think if if i think about enlightened masters i think they are perhaps in that stage you know when this they have such broader perspective of things something wrong happens in our life you know we get so perturbed but they immediately know that this is all part of a game this, this mm-hmm. is all just uh, one little thing uh, in the large scheme of thing this is nothing mm-hmm. you know i think mm-hmm. that perhaps happens and once this 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 uh, this happens only when you can diminish yourself and once you go closer to god and then this would always happen of. also in swami's presence absolutely because swami's perspective will be so broad so broad he will say something that you know you will not even be able to imagine and uh, once swami actually was when we were sitting with him he was so quiet for you know nearly 1 hour 1 hour 15 minutes time and we were wondering you know swami is not even actually not even breathing he called us early in the morning hmm. and after 1 and a half hours when swami again breathed and looked at us it was 6th of august hmm. you know and swami said i was all this while in osaka hmm. in japan where the devotees because 6th of august was the day when the atom yes. bomb was dropped on hiroshima yes and swami said i was with them in osaka and with lighted l- candles my children were praying to me that god such a catastrophe should never befall any other nation or humanity again of a nuclear you know uh, tragedy and swami said i listened to their prayers and came no, so no. the moment he said that you know we really felt you know what is the expansion so these these devotees in japan would never been praying to swami's form they would been yeah. praying to their own chinese maybe yeah. or japanese gods or confucianism and taoism but here was swami sitting puttaparthi actually in subtle form he was with them only his body was in, in puttaparthi nishantinilam but he was there with them listening to their prayers mm-hmm. and that particular day i really felt reassured that swami has listened to the prayers of sincere prayers of selflessness yes by these devotees who are praying for not only for themselves yes. but for the entire world 
if we have that expansion, I just talked yes. about the expansion. Yes. When you have expansive view of life, yes. Swami would always say, spiritual, there is only, spirituality, there is only one law. Selfishness will, will embroil you in the world and take you away from God. And selflessness will unwind you from the world yes. and bring you back to God. Yes. If that one criteria or litmus test of spirituality we remember, yes. Yes. I think it will be very easy for us to take our decisions that in thought, word and deed, yes. am I selfless? Yes. If I am being selfless, then the the vision will broaden yes. and I'll have a universal view of life and the yes. correct perspective of life and spirituality also. Yes. This is what Swami has shown us day in and day out yes. by His own example. Yes, wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Love is selflessness. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. <laughs> Thank you so much, uh, Brother Deepak. I think it was really lovely uh, listening to these beautiful interactions. I think uh, so much Swami has shared. <laughs> it's an ocean. It's an ocean which is unending. Thank unending. you both Prakash and, and Vishu also. Yeah. And but uh, as uh, as we conclude, I just want to sort of summarize uh, in in two three sentences this chapter nine. And if you see in the first few paragraphs of chapter nine, Swami is so clearly talking about how all the problem, all the peacelessness in the world is because of the ego. And then uh, you, you and Swami says how people think that the authority they have is permanent and how transient it is, uh, is that authority. We had Popat sir who had come for this session and he mentioned about how the authority that comes from within is the only true authority. And then uh, Bhagwan goes on to say how this ego obscures the light of the self, the vision of the self. And then Bhagwan goes on to say that this ego ultimately leads one to their downfall if you have the ego of the knowledge you, you may have a lot of spiritual merit but if you have again ego of this spiritual knowledge it will lead to your downfall and all this spiritual knowledge unless it is put into practice will not lead us anywhere so that's what 9.5 was and finally Swami says yes ego is the crux of all the problems how do you deal with ego? Try going closer to God. That is the answer. We have to develop our precious closeness. And that can happen through different ways. I think we discussed very beautiful ways today. I think one thing that uh, Brother Deepak mentioned in the end about selflessness, I think that that is something paramount. I think a spiritual person, if you have learned to become selfless, slowly if you practice little, little act of selflessness, we will learn to uh, reduce our ego. And that's how we will allow God enter into our lives. So thank you so much, Brother Deepak. And dear listeners, so with that, uh, it's time to wind up this session of Thursday Life coming to you from the studios of Radio Sai. If you have any queries, comments, your own life's experiences, your own adventures, your own uh, insights as you practice this sadhana, please feel free to share with us. As always, you can write to listener at radiosai.org Praying to Swami that we continue this beautiful satsang in the coming weeks with beautiful people that He sends to studio every week. We bring this session of Vahini Satsang as well as the day long Thursday life to a close. Thank you so much. Sairam. You were listening to an episode of our program Vahini Satsang. This episode was first aired on the 10th August 2017. As part of Thursday Live from Prashanti Nilayam on Asia Stream of Radio Sai Global Harmony. 
This program was hosted by Team Radio Size Bishu. Thank you and Sairam.